Hello everyone. Well, all around the world, there are pioneering people taking action to save the planet, yet nobody knows who they are, where they are and what they're doing. Well, our podcast, Saving Tomorrow's Planet, is making a small step in doing something about that. But today, I'm talking to someone on a mission to make a huge step in doing something about it. Peter Shellstreit is co-founder and CEO of Ubuntu, and he's created what I would call the LinkedIn of sustainability, the most incredible global platform that connects people who are, well, of course, if I tell you everything now, you'll miss being part of his story that in a few years may well be as famous as Facebook. So let's not hang around. Let's find out together what is Peter's vision. And because, as always, we track people down from all over the world, let's find out where Peter is based. I'm a Belgian who left Belgium in 2001, so that's 20 years ago. I live in Atlanta after having spent a lot of time in Africa, Southeast Asia. I was in Southeast Asia for about eight years. And I live in Atlanta because I worked for Coca-Cola before. So I was oh, about right. uh, 19 years with Coca-Cola. Great. Tell us where your passion for sustainability started. What's your personal journey? Well, I, th I think, you know, as I started Ubuntu, I was actually thinking a lot about uh, me as a student, as a young kid uh, back in Belgium. I was always very, very involved in social matters, in environmental matters, and um and uh, as a student, I was, I was involved in a student organization. I was, you know, president of a student organization. I was considered to be a very social and environmental president. When I started my professional career, obviously so involved into building a career and, and working hard, I needed the midway of my career. I needed to look back and think, well, what am I going to do for the next half of my career? And that's where I reconnected with my student years in a way and said, okay, I, I want to make a difference in sustainability and the environment. Put me on a, a journey of pursuing a calling instead of a career. Let's introduce, if you would, your incredible website and, and its name. The, the website is called and platform is called Ubuntu. And Ubuntu is an African term. In the southern parts of Africa, in the Bantu language, Ubuntu means unity of humanity. I am who I am because of who we all are together. And we thought it was a very fitting name for what we're trying to do in the 21st century is translating the concept of Ubuntu in the 21st century with digital media and using the collective power of change makers all around the world to make a difference in the environment and for people to come together to, to make a difference. And we, we were heavily inspired, you know, also lived in Africa. And this is something that oftentimes we forget in the times of social media, TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. And you always think about the person at the center of it all. We, we're looking at, at the collective action at the center of environmental crises and solving environmental crises. You better tell us what your website seeks to achieve or what's its purpose. Ultimate purpose is scale of environmental solutions. And the reason why we set it up is that we saw that um, there's a big gap in between the ambition of large corporations, large organizations, and the implementation. So pretty much all governments have green deals now. I mean, many, many governments have green deals. Many companies, the large companies, all have aspirations to get to zero waste, uh, carbon neutrality, uh, zero water footprint, uh, all these uh, amazing ambitions. 
And then when we're looking at the implementation of these ambitions, that's where uh, we see a big gap. So we started thinking and asking ourselves, what is the hurdle there? And oftentimes the hurdle is a lack of visibility and connection to solutions, to knowledge, and to experts. So the ultimate goal of Ubuntu is to provide exponentially easier, better, and faster access to these twin things. What inspired you to literally come up with this being the answer to this changing career, this interest in sustainability? Yeah, so at, at my last job at Coca-Cola, I was head, global head of digital. And so I was very, very versed into you know, digital technologies. I had also lived in Asia, which has the advantage of, of course, being very advanced uh, when it comes to digital technology, especially in places like China, but at the same time also lived in the Philippines. There's what they call Smoky Mountains. There's this massive dump site on which hundreds of families live and work. And actually close to Atlanta, there's also Smoky Mountains and the Smoky Mountains in the Carolinas and it's pristine nature. Interesting to see that I have these two Smoky Mountains. How could we use digital technologies and the principles of platform technologies like Airbnb and Uber how can we use that to solve these kind of issues? Because what ultimately what Airbnb does, they give you exponentially easier access. And the same is true for environmental solutions. On the one hand, big corporations, big governments that want to make a difference. On the other hand, you have a groundswell of literally hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs and innovators all around the world that are leveraging new technologies. This is the fourth industrial revolution. You have the connection between digital technologies, physical innovations and, and biological innovations all coming together in one. And these technologies tend to be much more democratic than before. So, so you have this groundswell of innovators and entrepreneurs, but they don't know on which door to knock in terms of, you know, big companies. If you want to reach out to the Nestle's of this world, where do you even start? And that's ultimately what we want to do. So in, in a way, we're Uberizing environmental action. How many companies or individuals? First of all, we, we focus on individuals. And the reason why we do this is that ultimately everyone can be a change maker. Very much like when Nike says everyone can be an athlete. Same is true for environmental action, that everyone can be a change maker in their own organization or as an innovator. And so we, we wanted to make sure that in, from the very beginning, we allow people to subscribe individually. And that was a good idea because oftentimes when you go to corporations, then you have to have a fine, you know, approval of the corporation or you, you go to the European Commission and the European Commission is going to say no because they never endorse any organization, of course. But when you go to individuals, say you can make a difference inside your own organization or as an entrepreneur, uh, that makes a difference. And, and so that's how we started. We, we have now close to 11,000 members. So we started Ubuntu, by the way, two years ago. So we just celebrated our second anniversary. 11,000 members just in the month of March. We had uh, close to 1,400 new members coming in, growing quite rapidly. And, and ultimately what the members are seeking to do is, yeah, oftentimes they search for solutions or they ask a question. We have a forum where you ask questions. They tend to be very technical in nature and practical in nature. Or they just reach out to other innovators for advice or for partnerships. Uh, sometimes you see someone, from, for example, from India saying, hey, I love what you're doing. Could I represent you in India? You can export to India. And, and um, that's the kind of interaction that happens on the platform. Do you have a goal? Do you know how many potential people could be members? Is yeah, we're on the pace to have, by the end of this year, 25, between 25 and 50,000 members. And uh, yes, the goal is one million by, by 2025. <laughs>
it's funny in the beginning we, we we launched ubuntu some people said well you know you're entering a niche and the niche is called sustainability and the more you think about it the more you realize that everyone in the world all professions in the world somehow need to think about sustainability i fundamentally believe that sustainability is the new di- digital remember that we we started digital 20 years ago and some corporation hasn't started yet but it, it was something new and you started with just one person or chief digital officer, for example, or, and then it spread out. And ultimately, pretty much everyone in corporations and governments and uh, NGOs, they are well-versed in digital. And the same is going to happen now with sustainability, that it starts maybe one, one or two change makers inside a corporation, and then it's going to spread out. And then you won't be able to do any innovation anymore unless it has a very, very sound environmental footprint and social, by the way, not, not just environmental. As we see, these platforms can grow very quickly and they're growing faster each year and new platforms. We've seen those graphs. How are you recruiting, if that's the right word, new members or how are you engaging them to become members? Good question. First of all, it's becoming clear that the future of social platforms is going to be driven by micro platforms of hyper-specialized micro-communities. We, we are even thinking about Ubuntu not as one Ubuntu, but as a multitude of sub-Ubuntus. We call them greenhouses. They're, they're, they're similar to subreddits to Reddit. Um, yeah. If you think about Reddit, it's, it's, Reddit doesn't really exist. It's, it's the multitude of subreddits. And we, we are uh, doing exactly the same. Climate change is way too big to solve. Plastic pollution is way too big to solve. But if you can solve sub-segments of sub-segments there, thereof, but do it thousands of times over and over again, that's how we're going to make a difference. And, and back to your question, we see a big opportunity and a, and a big interest in these micro communities that is really tapping into the passion and the professional pursuit of a lot of people. So recently, we launched a greenhouse around seaweed. It's called the Safe Seaweed Coalition. I mean, they launched it. We, we just helped them launch it with their greenhouse. And there's no community around seaweed yet. So if you're a specialist and a professional in the space of seaweed for food or cosmetics or bio, bioplastics, there's no community around that yet. So what we're creating is these micro-communities on very specific topics, even things like the recycling of coaxial cables or the restoration of coral reefs. And, and there's no communities around that. So you, you can't go on Facebook, you can't go on LinkedIn, you can't go on anywhere, Reddit or around the world to have a professional community around that. And I think that's that's the way we recruit, to saying, hey, you know, we're a professional community of experts, innovators, and academics, governmental organization or governmental, and please join them so we can work together to, to further the environmental agenda. And most of that, by the way, is that we do, do a lot of recruiting on LinkedIn. You've given us a good sense that you have some of the communities there and totally re- understanding that Reddit is, say, a, an unexpected conglomeration of communities. There must be some wins that your communities are creating through these connections, through these communities, through these bringing together of people from around the world. Have you been, have any of these achievements been shared or have you observed them as a curator and an observer of your site? In 2020, we had more than 6,000 questions. Uh, so members connecting to each other, asking questions, answering questions. Um, so, so meaningful interactions. 
much as is the case for Tinder, once the connection is made, we actually don't know what happens. If there's, it's a one-night stand, or so they get married or nothing happens. We do know that when we track some of the questions being asked and answered on Ubuntu, someone who's asking about single-use gloves and alternatives to single-use gloves in kitchens and hospitals, and to some of the answers that he got, he found this system of reusable gloves from Sweden, I believe. And then they did a prototype and he was able to cut down the use of 300 pairs of gloves to three in one month. Wow. And that was a small pilot, you know, and then they expanded it. And so this is one small win, I would say. And, and the reason why I'm using this example is we love small wins. There's no question that is too small for us to tackle. Because if you fall in love with these small questions, not just the big ones, you know, how do we create, or how do we solve climate change? That's a massive question. We'd rather solve something very specific and do it again, thousands of times over and over again. But in, in some cases, we, we are doing specific customized work for corporations. Our revenue model is actually based on the work we're doing for corporations and organizations. And so for example, we're working with, let's say, a very popular sneaker brand. They asked us to look into bio-based materials for sneakers that they can using sneakers. And so we mapped out all the, you know, the bio-based materials in the world that can be used for sneakers and textile. And so as a result of this, they've been prototyping already with cactus. So they have a sneaker from cactus, from mushroom leather, uh, from yeah, the other one from fruit waste, of so fruit waste that is converted into textile. So they have these prototypes of sneakers being made from bio-based materials that they never thought was. I love it when we can work with two competitors that they they say, you know what, we're competitors, but for sustainability, we work together. So we, we've been working with two competitive cable companies in the United States. And their biggest challenge is coaxial cables. These are the cables that are underground and they have their total hassle to recycle because they have different layers of plastic, different layers of metals. They're very heavy. And so they asked us to look into all the opportunities and to recycle these. And so that's how we found solutions. So now we're in the implementation state. In those cases, we will work specifically on customized projects. We know what's happening now. So one thing that I've noted in doing this podcast is I, for example, just spoke to a young guy in Bali who is trying to stop the plastic going in the sea. And he's invented a grid to go over rivers to catch the plastic and that's organic matter. So often, actually, when we're in a big company like Coca-Cola or whatever, you know, one of the questions is how do you just share an idea that's good, like your rubber gloves, to more people? Because, you know, one danger is that you've got different people burrowing away in different parts of the world, perhaps slightly obsessed with cracking their way, as opposed to saying, now there's the idea, you know, how can we now populate that? Or how can we amplify it? Or how can we shout about it? Or how can we have a platform about it so others steal it more quickly? Because that will take time for them to find. So, have you within the platform got a vehicle for letting more people know about your plastic glove micro story, which is important because it got executed so that other people quickly can adopt it? That's exactly why we set up this, these greenhouses. As a matter of fact, the very first greenhouse that we did was for the United Nations with the University of Ghent. They were looking to map out all the solutions for uh, plastic capturing from, from the ocean. So which are the technologies that capture plastic from the ocean or prevent plastic from going into the sea? So your Bali example is a very good one. Most people only know one. And there's the one that has been doing a lot of public relations and has had a lot of uh, visibility with the ocean cleanup by a Dutch young inventor. Now, Ubuntu is a level of playing field. So whether you're from Bali or from Holland or from Silicon Valley or Vietnam, it doesn't matter. And so we were able to map out more than 70. And, and, and so... In that one space, if you're looking for these kind of solutions, 
as a company, you, you can see all seventy, and it makes it actually much easier to find local solutions. Also, now we're working with uh, University of Amsterdam. There's a PhD researcher who's curating our greenhouse, who's done all her work in the last three years on uh, ocean plastics, and so she's the specialist, one of the specialists in the world on this topic. And then she becomes our, our kind of Ubuntu ambassador. One of the challenges is to prioritize all our efforts, not around the visible, but around the important. Obviously, there's been this very interesting film, Sea Piracy, on Netflix, which is at least in that film implying that you know fishing nets are far more of a problem, and the catching of fish uh, or dolphins and, and sharks as sort of side catch than plastic in the sea. So that's challenged perhaps, you know, a sense of what the priority was. Have you got a sense of a priority that we should be focusing more on, something that's becoming visible and that we're all talking about? Is there anything that has come up through these communities that is news for us? Your question is actually a very good question. We started Ubuntu with the specific issue of plastic pollution and waste management as a test. In a way, we wanted to prototype Ubuntu with this specific topic. It was also a topic that was very hot and is still very hot, of course. You know, a lot of people talk about this, a lot of um, social media, even now. But at the same time, you have the camp, the people that are working on climate change were saying, why is everyone talking about plastic pollution? Climate change is more important. And then you have the people working on the regenerative agriculture and soil saying, well, you should be more focused on this. What we don't want to create is a competition. We do want to create a science-based and data-based environment. And that's why we said it's not just about solutions, it's also about knowledge. And, and to understand actually what, in the bigger perspective, what are the most interesting, a good example of that is a project drawdown. You know, a group of scientists have set, mapped out, let's say, initially 100 solutions to climate change and quantified also the impact it can have on climate change on the climate drawdown and CO2 drawdown. And those are very, very interesting guiding principles from the top down and say, well, well, you know what, in climate change, you should be looking at refrigeration, for example. You should be also looking at the development of women empowerment. Women empowerment means less children, means also a positive impact on the, on the climate. And, and there's 100 like these. I think instead of working with opinions, it's actually important to work with the science behind it and the prioritization behind it. That's maybe a bigger comment is that a lot of the focus has been on circular economy. Uh, unfortunately, the closed loop is, is not necessarily a closed loop. As you probably know, only 9% of the plastics have ever been recycled so far in the world. It's like a, right now, it's like a merry-go-round where nine out of 10 kids fall off, the, off their horse, right? So... Uh, but I think an interesting area more and more is uh, in the area of regeneration. Right? So what can we learn from nature? Regenerative agriculture, for example, and forestry and ocean health, uh, that we embrace the, the systems of nature to give back more to nature than we, we take. That's an area that is of a lot of interest. We're sort of at the end. So I want to know where you are frustrated. Where would you like the site to be going faster you had a, a way of accelerating at lightning speed part of what you're doing to help save the planet because we have to go faster what few things if you could go wham that's going faster would you accelerate to to help us all it's interesting that that there's always a sense such a sense of urgency because we don't have a lot of time the most frustrating thing is when you see we keep on seeing the gap between the ambitions 
of governments, ambitions of, of large corporations, large organizations, and then the lack of action sometimes. Because what the, the most frustrating thing is that it's been driven top down oftentimes, and then there's like these conventions and they're the, the writing of big checks to large organizations patting each other on the back. And, and then it doesn't really filter down to the people that really need it, right? the innovators and entrepreneurs that have technologies. You know, in many ways, the future is already here. The future of the environment is already here. It's just badly distributed. Not a lot of the, the money and the resources is being trickled down to the people that can make a difference. And that's frustrating to see. And, and of course, that's also why we set up Ubuntu. And I guess also with that frustration comes our own frustration that we need to go quicker and quicker. That, that's scale Ubuntu. That's the bit I'm actually interested in. So it's more about how how could you scale faster? If you had to double your growth ambition or half the time, what would it require? It's funny because we, we also have been running Ubuntu as a very frugal company. Some of our angel investors said, you guys need to put foot on the gas now. And and, and now luckily we, we're getting additional funding. Uh, and so we, we'll be able to, to really scale much, much more quickly. I'm totally impressed by what you're doing. I hope that everybody listening to this podcast will go on and, and become members because obviously that's why they're interested. And uh, that ambition of, of going faster, which uh, is a challenge for all of us in every business, I'm pleased you're getting the money to, to be able to do that. And I'm going to be you know, very much engaged in your journey. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy, it was uh, wonderful talking to you.